we thank God for another Sunday. And today I want to continue a word that I was sharing a few weeks back. But I want to link it into um, what we are focusing on in this season. As Pastor Nicholas has been sharing for the past two weeks on evangelism. And on reaching out to the lost. The importance of evangelism, as we know, is 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 is, is very easy to it's not easy to explain, but it's easy to forget how significant evangelism is. I think Nikki asked different ones to raise their hands. You know, how did you get saved? Was it someone speaking to you? Was it somebody a, fr- a friend or someone that came and approached you? And generally speaking, that's how most of us got saved. Some of us it was different, maybe had an encounter or so forth. But generally, it was through somebody coming to share a word, share the good news with you. And in the same way, for most of us in that category, that we heard the gospel and we responded and we are here because of someone speaking to us. In that same way, there is an onus on us for us to share to those around us, be it our family, our friends, our work colleagues, our neighbors, etc., because the reality is that one day we are all going to stand before God and give an account. And that account, the, the benchmark is our relationship with Jesus. And if we do not know Jesus, that is the basis on which in eternity where you will go. So there is such an onus on us to ensure that us who are in relationship with the Lord, that we have a duty, the Bible says, to go and make disciples, to go and share the gospel with those around us. Amen. So the title of the word that I, I, I was sharing a few weeks ago is still the same, but with the element of evangelism. It's called putting God's power into practice. Putting God's power into practice. So just by way of uh, recap, very quickly, I just want to go over what I shared, and I want to continue for where I left off. I want to read from Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 to 18. It says this, reading from the New King James Version. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. That in my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If you recall, I was saying that these are the signs that follow us. These are the signs that demonstrate to those who do not know the Lord that we know the Lord. So if we are saying that we are children of God, these are the signs that demonstrate to those that do not know the Lord that we are children of God. It's not by saying that we come to church. It's not by saying that we pray. It's not by saying that, uh, that we do all these, I'd say, religious things that say that we are a Christian. When you fill in a form and it asks you your religion, etc., you tick the box that says Christian. That doesn't mean that you are a Christian as such. But the scripture says that these are the signs that follow those who believe. We cast out demons. We speak in tongues. We can take up a serpent. In other words, any demonic activity in our lives, that we have authority over that demonic activity, that it should not have authority over us. If you drink anything deadly, it will not harm you. So in other words, if you are doing God's work, and you by chance are drinking something that somebody put poison or something within it, it can't do anything to you. It's not saying that you go and deliberately find poison to drink, because if you do that, you will be unwell, and you may even die. It's not saying that. And it finally says that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that is one of the privileges that we have. 
than anybody around us who is not well. The Bible says that as a sign that we are a child of God, that you go to them, you pray in faith, you lay hands on them, and they shall receive recovery of their health. Amen? So we looked at a few scriptures here. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and, the, and to the ends of the earth. 2 Peter 1.3 says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. The power that God has given to us to use. Scripture is saying in this portion of scripture that everything that you need for life, everything that you need to demonstrate that God lives inside of you can be accessed through the power of God. And that same power that God has given to us is available to us. You know, the, the, the way that we can access God's power really demonstrated in Psalms 91 from verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you want God's power to be evident in you, you begin by dwelling in God's secret place. You spend time with the Lord. I mean, Pastor Nikki spoke about that last week. That is where the power, that is where God's presence, that is where you meet with the Lord, by spending time in his presence, dwelling in the secret place. If you do not spend time in the secret place with the Lord, you are limiting the ability of God's power being shown through you. Number one, you are stopping yourself from being in a position to receive and to function within God's presence. Because no matter where you go, God is with you. But in order for you to make, act, to make use, good use of God's presence, it's by deliberately spending time in his secret place. Amen? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Many times fear stops us from doing things. I remember when we speaking about not just God's power, but about the fact that we, God has called us to share his gospel, to evangelize. And fear is one of the things that stops us from sharing the gospel. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. If there's one thing that we all have in common is that nobody wants to be in a position where they are embarrassed publicly. Unless there's some funny individuals here that like being embarrassed publicly. No one does. Everybody is of, the, is, is of a very similar position that we don't want to be embarrassed. And for some reason, whenever it comes to sharing the gospel, when it comes to sharing the good news of the gospel, fear of embarrassment is one of the key things that stops us from sharing God's word. Before we even say anything to somebody, we're already thinking, what if they say this? What if they think of me in this way? What if they now start to behave towards me in some, some type of way, etc.? These are the things that are in our minds that we're wrestling with. And because of how we respond to those thoughts, most of the time we end up either not saying anything, or if we do, we say it in a way that it makes us look as normal as possible. When I say normal, it means that we're very choosy in what we say to somebody. Rather than at times just being very honest and telling them, listen, the Bible says that it is pointed to man first to die and then the judgment. Whether you like it or not, one day we're all going to die. And whether you like it or not, one day we're all going to stand before God. And it's at that point, that's when we give an account. But how we give that account is determined by now. 
how we live. And these are the things that we need to try to communicate with people to make them aware that it is now, whilst you are alive, this is your time to be drawn close to Jesus. As I said in Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Is spending time with the Lord. The more time you spend with him, the more boldness, the more uh, uh, confidence you have in speaking to people naturally about the fact that you are saved. The Bible says this, is that we should all be ready to give an account as to why we are saved. Or don't use the word saved, but just to give an account of your testimony. Everybody has a story. We all have a story as to how we came into relationship with the Lord. And that's your story. And that is one of the most basic ways of, of sharing the gospel. Because sometimes people may ask you about yourself. They may ask you maybe about your profession. Why is it that you are in this particular career? And then you give your story. You studied, you did this, that, the other. Maybe someone you saw was in a particular position. You, 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 you were inspired by that. And then you decided to, take, to study, do a course. And then you arrived within your profession. That's your story. And you have no problem saying that story. But when it comes to sharing why you became saved, at times there's this hesitation. If you can, okay, how can I, how can I describe it? How can I say it? But that is your story. And that should be the most eloquent story that you share to anybody. Because this is the way that God has, the opportunity and the, almost the platform that God has given to you to simply share why you are saved and how you came into a relationship with Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if I can give you a, a particular homework, it is this. Just go over in your mind to explain to yourself, first, how did I come to know the Lord? If someone was to come to me and ask me, how did you get to know, to know Jesus? Articulate what you would say to that person. Because really, truly, every single day, you should be in a position to share that story to somebody. Because that is one of the ways that God will use you to bring salvation to somebody. Just by hearing your story, to you, you may think it's such a dry story. I just fought to Jesus one day, and then I felt convicted, and then I got saved. To you, it's like, that's rubbish. Who's going to want to hear that story? But if that's your story, that's your story. So you, sh you share that to somebody, you're thinking, oh, let me just add some, some remix to it. Yeah, you know, one day I was going somewhere and then I saw someone and someone died and I thought, mm, I don't want to die as well. So therefore, so you start adding stuff to it, it doesn't even make sense, thinking that it's going to, to whatever. And it doesn't even do anything because you've added stuff that doesn't need to be added. But if your story is a basic story, one day I went somewhere and I thought, hmm, Jesus, he seems real. So then I decided I'm going to give my life to him. Just a simple, dry sounding story. If that's your reason, you just share that story. God will use that because the main thing is that you share that story. And what's happening with a lot of us here is that we're not sharing that story. We're not speaking about why or how we became saved. Instead, we're doing other things that are outside of the gospel of God. And I want to encourage us all this morning. We are all going to have opportunities. Sometimes opportunities may come to you. But most of the time, opportunities, you create them yourself. Wherever we live, you have neighbors next door. All of us have family in different ways. We have friends. How many of us want our family or our friends or our neighbors to go to hell? Anyone's, anyone who's of that nature? Nobody does. <laughs> Olu says sometimes. <laughs> if Olu's neighbor is watching, I think I need to come to your house and we need to have a discussion. <laughs> But of course, nobody deliberately 
would want somebody to go to hell is in the context of us as a, as a right-minded child of God. <laughs> but knowing that, we know that there is a duty that we have to share our story, to share our testimony. And this is where we are with regards to receiving God's power. And I want to link in the power of God because that is the title of the word that I'm, I'm sharing. Psalm 65, verse 38, 68, sorry, verse 38. Reading from again from the New King James says, You are, God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. This is the power that God has given to us. Acts 10, 38, and I'll move on from here. It says, How God has anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We have access to a force that is it's so hard to even explain the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, I just read, and I quickly read it again. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He received that power and the Bible said he went about doing good. And this is how the process works. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, the power of God is, 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 is within us, waiting to be used. But it's so it will only be used when we ourselves take ourselves out and we use and demonstrate that power through the different situations that we face around us. A lot of that time, a lot of the time, the power of God in us through the Holy Spirit, unfortunately, is lying dormant. It's there, but it's not doing anything. It's like having, and I'll go into this in a minute, it's like literally having explosives that you know that you need to use it for something. You know, like when like a massive, an old building needs to be demolished. They put explosive around the building and do like a controlled explosion in order for that massive building to, to collapse. Now, can you imagine that everybody has planned for a building to collapse? The explosives are there. And we set a date that it's going to be, uh, uh, this, uh, the building is going to be, um, have a controlled explosion on a particular day. The day comes, and then everybody's forgotten. And the explosion doesn't take place. And the building that is supposed to be destroyed for, let's say, for another uh, building to take place. It remains because everybody's forgotten. Nobody's done anything. And time, time just goes on. This at times is what happens with us where we are supposed to do something because we have the power of God in us. But because we don't access that power for whatever reason, things that should happen do not happen. And then what happens is you carry on living your life in whatever way. And as you're living your life, things that God has said, this should have happened at this particular time, that time passes. And things continue, but then you've missed out on something that God has ordained to be done. Because the, God, the power of God in us is lying dormant, and we're not using it in the way that it should be used. My prayer is that that will not be our portion for any one of us. So we looked at before, I think again, just 
referencing from Pastor Nicholas Sher in the last few weeks with regards to evangelism, why we don't evangelize. We looked at fear. I, I mentioned fear as being a, a reason as to why we don't evangelize. But one of the reasons, and I linked this to one I shared before, as to also why we do not evangelize or what stops us from evangelizing and having a lifestyle evangelism is simply because of self. And if you remember, I spoke about self and about the fact that we are at times the most challenging obstacle that we have in order to making any progress when it comes to the things of God. Now, we know the scripture of Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go into all nations. We can be given the commission to go, as the scripture says, to make disciples of the, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The interesting thing about this scripture is that at the end of it, I think it's verse 19, it says that, and lo, I am with you. One thing we need to remember is that any time that we go and we share the gospel with anybody, that we're not doing it by ourselves. We're not doing it in isolation of, let me just share and just hope that, uh, you know, what I say is going to do something. But we're doing it knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us. The Bible says that, lo, I am with you. Anytime we share God's gospel, he is with us. His presence is with us. His Holy Spirit is with us. So we're not doing it by ourselves. So when we're speaking to our, our loved ones, we're speaking to our friends and our family and different ones, remember that God is with you as you speak. So as you share your testimony, God is with you. And you speak about the reason as to why maybe that you, you know, you're sharing about maybe your struggles as a Christian, which is good to share because it's bringing balance. It's not all rosy being, 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 being a Christian. We have our battles. We have our struggles. And as you share those battles and those struggles, and as you're communicating that to people, God is with you. And as you're speaking those words, God's presence is using what you are saying to also minister to the people that you're speaking with. God's power within us. And I mentioned that the power of God is one of, one of many ways, but is really a key way that the Lord has ordained for us to use to win souls and evangelize. Any time that God will use any one of us to demonstrate his power, and that power is demonstrated to somebody who is not saved, that is your opportunity to share the gospel. That is your platform to share the gospel. You go through scripture, you read so many times where the apostles have gone somewhere. Somebody has been sick. Somebody has died. And the family of the sick person or the person that died, they're not saved. And when they prayed for them to recover from their sickness or when they brought them back to life, what has happened? That person's family, not just the person, but their family has become saved. Why? Because they have seen firsthand the power of God. They gave up hope because their, their loved one had died. But through the demonstration of God's power and through God using the disciples to show God's power, these people, they, they gave their heart to the Lord. They became saved. So this is why manifesting and being used to demonstrate God's power is an amazing platform, an opportunity that we all have in order to show the power of God in our lives. But one of our battles, as I said, is self is us. I mentioned before about the key of dying to self. Because when we die to self, it allows God's power to have liberty in us and through us. 
Okay, Galatians 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is Paul speaking. It is no longer I. Paul saying, it is no longer he lives, but it is Christ living in him. So when Jesus died on the cross, he's saying that himself, he died. He died. When Jesus died on the cross, our self died. In the same way that Paul is saying that his own self died. And this is what we need to ask the Lord to help us with when it comes to our walk with him. So that our own self, we put that to the cross. And we allow ourself to die in a way that Jesus himself died on the cross. Luke 9, 23 to 24 said, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, for the sake of the Lord, will save it. You know, sometimes God will say to us, for example, Ozzy, God will say to you, give me your money. Give me your, your, your wife, Nana. Give me your children. He said, give me your job. Give me your time. Give me everything that relates to you. This is what God will say to you. And then we'll turn back and say, okay, God, I'm giving you all this, but then what do I have left? And then God will say to you, and he'll say to everybody here, when you give that away, you have me. You have the Lord. And when you have the Lord, everything else that you need is in place. But see, the challenge is, is giving up those things. Because self wants to hold on to those things. Because those things give us a sense of, uh, uh, of worth in a worldly sense. So we, we, we believe at times that if we don't have those things in place, then we, we're not really functioning as a person which is the deception of the enemy. And I'll come on to that if I have time. How the enemy will deceive us into believing doctrines that are, that are contrary to what the word of God says. But it's deliberate. But the scripture is saying that we need to die to all of those things and embrace him. Embrace the Lord daily. How do we do that? It's by, scripture says in Matthew 33, Seek first the kingdom. Is it 33? 633. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else shall be added. This is, the word of God, as we know, is active. It's, it is practical. It's not just praying by itself. The Bible says pray without works is dead. If you want something to happen, you can pray. Wonderful. Brilliant pray. I remember one time I was, years back, somebody was, in a situation with something. And I remember I was just walking past and I heard someone talking to someone about a situation they were in. And the person said, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll pray for you, I'll pray for you. And then they walked off. And then I heard <laughs> Pastor Joe went back and said, what do you mean you'll pray? The person needs money, you're saying that you need pray. Empty your pocket and give the person the money. I just started laughing. Because sometimes in our mind we think, let me just pray and God will step in. Forgetting that at times you are the answer to the prayer. So you pray definitely, but then also be the answer. Somebody is, is, is sick. You don't just pray. The Bible says go and lay hands. Find them. Go and lay hands on the person. That's what the scripture says. 
and they will recover. The scripture I read it in, in, in Mark 16. Lay hands on them as well, and they will recover. Sometimes they may not recover straight away. I remember I had, I, this is, I think November or so, I went football training with the, the, the team I, I practiced with. As I was training, this particular guy, he fell awkwardly, and he couldn't stand up properly. So I went over to him, and I thought, yeah, this is an opportunity I have now to, to pray. So whilst everybody was still play, pray, um, playing, I went over to him now, and I said, yeah, where, where's, 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 the, uh, where, where's, the, where's the pain? He said, oh, it's my, my back of my, my ankle. I said, yeah, come, 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 let me pray. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I put my hands on the thing and uh, on his ankle and I started praying. The guy didn't pay any attention to me because he just focused on the pain. He was just like, just moving around or whatever. And I prayed. And then I said to him, how is it? He said, it's worse. <laughs> I said, okay. Let me, let me pray again. Let me pray again. Let me pray again. I laid hands on it. I prayed. If I'd even that time, when I began to pray, I began to pray in tongues so you could even hear the tongues. So I was praying. I was looking and praying. And the next minute, he just kind of removed his leg from my, from my hand and just walked, walked off to the side. And even as he walked off now, and I said, I said how, how is it? He said, it still, it still hurts. And then the manager that, that come to our church, uh, church from time, Linden, he then shouted at me, he said, Mecca, don't get him to walk. What's wrong with you? He's, he's going to make it worse. Lo and behold, it seemed like it got worse. But the following, we had a game that, that particular uh, Saturday or so. Did he not play that game on Saturday? And at the time, it seemed as though my prayers were rubbish. And even me, I was thinking, what kind of, I've just laid hands in front of everybody. The guy's thinking, what kind of nonsense is this? But he played on Saturday. Just a few days after we had training. In fact, just two days after we had the training, he played the full game. Now, he won't connect the fact that I prayed for him, that linked to it. All he's thinking is, that, please, I prayed and he was still in pain or pain was worse or whatever. But I know that I demonstrated the power of God in that instant, in instance. So lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is part of the power of God. What I didn't do, which what I should have done afterwards, was that I should have said to him, listen, the reason why you played on that Sunday, in fact, that's a reminder for me. The reason why he played was because I prayed for him. So that's a reminder. So hold me to task. I will go to him and I'll remind him the reason why he recovered and played that game was because I prayed. Amen. So God wants us to use and to demonstrate his power in every situation that we are in. And that is your opportunity to share the gospel of God. Just very quickly, because my time is up. This week, in fact this year, we're only like 23 days into 2022. Just by show of hands, who has, had the, who has shared the gospel with anybody in the first 23 days of this year? Just raise your hands here. Let me see. Pastor Nicholas. Okay, David, is your hand up? Hey, uh, Mr. Aaron, why are you trying to put his hand down for? <laughs> David, your hand's up. So two people out of how many of us? Okay, then we've, we've got work to do. Any time that we are around people, that's your opportunity to share. It doesn't mean that you're going to straight away demonstrate God's power. You're going to ask them, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? He said, you've got a headache. Yeah, then come, come, let me pray. No, it doesn't mean. But you ask, Lord, how can I, in this conversation that I have with this person, how can I just share something that would just sow some kind of seed within that person? 
Our eyes need to be open to see in any opportunity that we have. And I said, it's not just about opportunities that come to us, but we have to create them ourselves. And as we, and as we respond to any opportunity, we all go somewhere we're around people, whether in your house, on the street, your neighbor, work, or your clients in your business, whatever it may be, people are always around you. And we should respond by creating whatever opportunity that we have to share the gospel and to use the power that God has given to us as a, as a platform for us to share the gospel. Amen. My time is up. I want us to pray. And right now, I want you just to bring yourself before the Lord. And I want you to just speak to him concerning those in your circles. I'm talking about your family, your friends, your neighbors, etc. As I said before, it's not about always opportunities that come to us, but those that we create ourselves. And I want you to pray that the Lord will help you that when you're around different ones, to create opportunities to share your testimony, but also to create opportunities to demonstrate the power of God. Whilst we're praying, if the, if the uh, media team, if you can put the scripture up, Mark 16, verse 17 to 18. And I want you to pray with this scripture in mind. These are the signs that follow those who believe. We're praying for God to use us to share the gospel. But we're also going to be praying that God will use us to demonstrate these signs. To cast out demons. Sometimes there may be somebody around you that a demon may need to be cast out. The speaking in tongues, the taking up serpents, etc. We know those are, those are in a particular context. Laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's probably one of the, the most uh, uh, common opportunities that we have. But let's pray right now for the Lord to help us in this regard. Those around us to use us to share the gospel, but also to demonstrate God's power. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Lord God, we bring ourselves before you this morning. Father, we want to respond to the call that we have to make disciples, to win souls. Father, we recognize your word, that these are the signs that follow those who believe. Father, we want these signs, O oh God, to follow us so that your power is evident through us and that as those around us see your power demonstrated, be it through casting out demons or speaking in tongues wherever we need to, demonstrating authority over the enemy in different ways and laying hands on the sick so that they shall recover. Lord, as you use us in these areas and as your power is made evident, we pray that we will respond to that opportunity to share your gospel, to speak to them about the good news of you so that they will know you and receive you. So Lord, I just want to just agree with every prayer that's been prayed this morning on behalf of all of your children. Father, help us right now to respond to every opportunity. Help us, oh God, to create opportunities led by your Holy Spirit so that those in our circles, our family, our friends, our work colleagues, our neighbors, our clients, whoever they may be, that, Lord, you will use us, oh God, to share your gospel with confidence and with boldness and with faith so that they will receive you and know you before they leave this earth. So, Lord, empower your people. Strengthen us, we pray. 
We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Before I close, I just want to pray for, just for the sense to just have to pray. If there's anyone that's been battling with fear this week, I just sense that there's different ones that have been battling with fear in different areas this week. Yeah. If that's you, just where you are, just raise your hand. just want to pray over you. Just pray for God to release you from that fear, from that anxiety. Those online, if that's you, wherever you are, again, just if this relates to you, wherever you are, just lift your hands. I read before that the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Father, I pray that you will remove every fear in the lives of your children. Right now, I speak to that spirit of fear and I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we decree and declare that, Lord, you will remove and annihilate fear and you replace it with your power, with your love, and with a mind that is a mind of peace, a sound mind, a mind that is rested on you in the name of Jesus. I come against every oppression of the mind for different ones who have been battling with fear. I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak your peace, your perfect peace that passes all understanding to be released, oh God, upon your children in the name of Jesus, that you will touch them, that, Lord, that no decision, oh God, that they will make will be one led by fear, but, Lord, they will make every decision as led by your spirit, led by your power, by your love, and by a sound mind, a mind of peace in the name of Jesus. Lord God, have your way. Have your way, we pray, oh Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, to those who are battling with fear, I want to remind you of the scripture. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. You will see things that will discourage you. And you will also hear things that will discourage you. But I want to encourage you to walk by faith. Go by what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Not by what people are saying. Not by what different ones are saying or what you're hearing. But what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in the secret place. And I go back to Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You need to take yourself to the secret place and to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you before you make any kind of decision. And as you hear his voice and obey, God will honor whatever decision that you make as you obey his word. Amen.